When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. This is a Christmas special of Robins on the Wire and thanks to iTech for sponsoring today's podcast. Based in Bristol, they help organisations large and small to meet their technology needs. With more than 200 expert staff, the company has built a reputation for outstanding customer service. Get in touch with iTech to discuss your requirements. Hello from Bristol City's training ground for this very special edition of Robins on the Wire. It's Michelle Owen here. Gregor is going to join me later, but right now I'm going to step into Lee Johnson's office as we've been given a very special interview with him. And we're asking him all about the season, a little bit about his dad as well, and about all these marginal gains he talks about, and hopefully a little bit more too. So let's go in and meet the gaffer. Lee, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate your time, and I know you're a very busy man. Uh, I believe you were in, in Forest, Nottingham Forest this weekend uh, watching the game you don't stop do you <laughs> no it was a it was a busy weekend actually I was um, obviously we played and I drove to Nottingham um, stayed overnight and done a little bit of Christmas shopping in the morning went to watch Forest play because we have them on Saturday and then uh, Saturday night went out in Manchester which oh, wow. was fun I uh, met my old owner at Oldham and uh, a few, few guys that uh, I used to sort of play with and that was good and um, in the morning, up bright and early, uh, had a chat with a potential new signing, and uh, then went to Man City under 23s, and then tried to make out I can formulate a plan to beat Man United and watch <laughs> Man United, Man City. What would you say to people that I think maybe some people don't have an awareness of, of how much work goes into being a manager now? Maybe some people think it's 90 minutes on a Saturday with a half time team talk, a few training sessions in a week, but from what you've just said then, you know. Some people think, oh, Bristol City, the weekend off, they played on Friday night. It does not stop, does it? No, it doesn't stop. I think there's so many elements to being a manager. Obviously, you've got the media, which is big, um, particularly now. And and at Bristol City, due to the sort of Bristol sport uh, brand as Mm. well, there's a lot going on. Like We've got the gala dinner, for example, on Thursday. Um, The technology that we've got as well is important because you've got to utilise that and you've got to be able to utilise that, not just for recruitment, but also for um, the upcoming game. Obviously, you've got the recruitment side, so January is coming thick and fast. Um, You've got to put out retain lists as far as to the board and you've got our board meetings building up to that. So um, you're constantly thinking the challenge I have is is to buy the thinking time without... Um, forfeiting if you like the the preparation for the match day and I think I've got to be in everybody's head so everybody, every new every player that could be potentially thinking about a new contract or could be thinking about a move away in January or players that we want to sign or Steve Lansdowne's mentality on January I have to have all that in the back of my mind and, and think like they would think and that takes an awful lot of time as well as obviously the game prep for the uh, opposition managers and the opposition teams. I mean, do you even get a day off? No, very rarely. Um, and that that life um, work balance is something that I've been striving to improve on because mm. I also need to improve. So 
Uh, for example, I'm trying to learn a language now as well. What are you learning? I'm trying to learn French. So I went ah. to the LMA course and uh, I was horrendously bad. <laughs> I've only got, I think I got a D in GCSE, which was not good. Um, so that's a, as far as I get. But it's important that I learn the football French because obviously we've got a couple of yeah, French players. Foreign players, yeah, of course. Um, first and foremost. So uh, is it Duolingo? I'm on the app, so I'm doing okay. like 15 minutes a day on that. You love your technology. Yeah, a private tutor. I've also ordered a, a UEFA book, which is interesting because uh, it's a dictionary and a thesaurus to sort of counteract the French, but in football terms. For example, if I tell um, uh, Femme to press, and I say that in French, and I went to a dictionary, that would actually be an iron press. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. Mean, so it's not shout. even like a straight for straight translation. No, and that's the key, and that's the difficult thing. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm trying uh, to get help from my friends, people like Khalifa Cisse, to uh, help uh, translate the football talk. It's, it's amazing to hear you talk about little things like that. These marginal gains seem something that you're so big on. I mean, I know a lot has been said about when you measured the grass, I think it was up at Sunderland, you have all mm. the gadgets, all the technology. It's something that you really buy into, isn't it? And something you think is very important. It is, and I suppose I've got to be careful that it doesn't become, like, gimmicky, because it's mm. not gimmicky, but obviously it can be perceived like that. If Sky, for example, I didn't know that they filmed me doing that, and, and so you don't know <laughs> I'm just doing it, yeah. because I think it's the right thing to do. That's an example of the reason I do that is because it depends on how long we're going to go, how direct, how early. So, for example, we like our grass at 30, uh, 23 millimetres, but if the grass is at 27 millimetres and it's a deso pitch, it's a completely different roll of the ball and it sticks. So, for example, when we was at Norwich and we played 27, they had their pitch at 27 millimetres we put the ball in behind them four or five times early and it stuck so it's like they are wow. small marginal gains but that's how tight the championship is and uh, we need every advantage we can get you've been here at bristol city for a while now and it's fair to say the season is going very well these little marginal gains are having an impact but did you expect this season to be going as well as it is well i definitely had belief in my in my team and my players i think that when we came in, we start, I still felt we were two or three windows behind probably where the club needed to be. And <clears throat> I always talked about three windows and that wasn't about finances, that was about um, getting a group that you want to run around and play in the way that you want to play. And that, if you can do it in one, fantastic. You've got to look at, give credit to people like Wagner at Huddersfield because he pretty much done it in one. But he brought four or five Germans across with him that he knew could play his style mm. and they worked. So for us and our strategy, if you like, is to develop young players, bring our younger players through. It's going to take time. And uh, you see the, there's blossoming talents of like Brownhill and O'Dowder before his injury, but Lloyd Kelly behind that. You know, we've got some friends like Zach Viner, some great young players um, coming through. And now they know our style as well. So added to the Joe Bryan, the Bobby Reeds mm -hmm. that are now coming into their prime, um, it was always going to take time, but we believed in it and, and we stuck with it. And I think when others didn't believe, um, it was great that the club stuck by me and, and I stuck to the plan and, and we kept signing that style of player. And in the summer we made some really good signings, And uh, but players even like Patterson, Patterson's turning into, he's been Bristol City brainwashed now. And, uh, he's, he's the best of both. He can work defensively, works his socks off, and he's very, very talented on the ball. 
How hard was it last season? You know, you had to answer questions every single week about your future. You know, I was coming to you in post-match and saying, you know, how long do you think you've got the backing of the owners and things like that? And you had to come out week after week during that really tough run and answer people like me. I mean, you must have a very strong mentality to do that. And how good does it feel now to be proving to everyone what a good young coach you are? Um, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't difficult, but it was difficult because of the pressure that I probably heaped on myself due to wanting to have a good career and to do my best for Bristol City. I think football is very um, up and down, it's very fickle, it's who's hot, who's not, you know, you see it in this division at the moment there's probably four or five names under pressure and actually you look at it and they're not doing bad jobs it's just the expectations probably higher than than the quality of the team if you like and that there lies a discrepancy so um but for me it's always a case of like do you know I mean the long game like keep playing a lot obviously you've got to get results but I came to this club because I believed in the project and I could have gone to other clubs that was almost like a smash and grab where mm. you try and get in and get out and spend a lot of money on older players. But I believe in the project. I'm invested in this club emotionally as well because obviously I played here mm-hmm. and, and I wanted to do my best. Now, at that point, when you, you're staring down the barrel, if you like, what can you do? You, you do everything you can to, to keep the respect, to keep the belief um, of, of your of you peers but also the players and obviously the board and I think that that was the key there wasn't an awful lot wrong statistically and it was close the games were close as well they were very very close and uh, I did believe I believed in the players I believed we'd come good Um, and we did what do you think was actually the turning point then last season Um, because since then the run of form has been so good yeah well you look at naturally you sort of look to that Preston game away don't you where um, if you want to talk about home truths, if you had a microphone in the dressing room after the Preston game, every single home truth would have come out. And I think at that point, as a manager, as an individual, you probably make peace with the worst case scenario. And it probably, do you know I mean, the smoke sort of, you, you come through that sort of uh, mindset where you realise that it's last ditch, if you know what I mean, and you just want to, if you're going to go down, you want to go down with the ones that are going to be fighting with you, if you know what I mean. Mm. I don't mean physically go down as in Bristol City, I mean as a manager, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean, when you're... Uh, and, that was what, and that was the case, but um, so I just started picking teams that I could trust and I knew we'd run around, I could go home, sleep at night, because they put it in every, every minute of every day. And, uh, and and we started getting the results, probably simplified it a little bit. You'll see up there, simplicity, clarity, repetition, execution. And uh, that's probably something that has, uh, has changed. Maybe I was guilty a little bit of overcoaching, maybe overthinking, but it was all from the from the right place, if you know what I mean, because it's trying to find a formula mm. to go and, win, to go and uh, win a game and go on a run. You have that experience now and that's sort of shining through this season. Can this Bristol City side go up? Can they go up via the playoffs? Can they go up via automatic promotion? Well, what I'd say is, I think if the level of energy and consistency of performance is as good as it's been the first half of the season, then I don't see any reason why not. So for me, it's about the performance. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a million things that could get in the way of that. Injuries are getting in the way of that at the moment, mm-hmm. and that's why I think 
it's an amazing achievement for us to have won three games on the spin because it's like a Rubik's Cube that team at the moment you know one minute Patson's playing left midfield then he's up front and then Bobby Reid's dropping into centre midfield and, and pulling the strings Bailey Wright's the centre half playing at right back Joe Bryan's having to go up to left wing and and we're really having to to play with with a structure which has been our strength but with different dimensions within that structure and and sometimes that's every 15 minutes in games well yeah look, look at the game on, on Friday you have to slot Bobby Reid back and yeah. then put Jurich up top but it's versatile isn't it it's very versatile exactly. squad of players and I think that's the beauty of us at the moment like that we've we've signed footballers that can play football I was talking to um Gary Crosby, that's the Burton assistant manager at the Nottingham Forest game, he was talking about Brian Clough, how he used to play people in different positions mm. because a good footballer should be able to play football in, in a number of positions. How many players do you think you'd, you'd like to bring in, in the window to sort of strengthen and make that push? Um, honestly, if, we had a, if you gave me a ticket to have a fully fit squad, I'd probably say one. Um, but I haven't got a fully fit squad, so a lot of that would depend on that sort of short-term versus medium-term thinking mm-hmm. and that and that could be a couple of loans that we try and get. I think if the right player comes along for the future of Bristol City, whether it be Championship, Premier League, whatever, I'll make a case uh, to the board to try and sign that player. Um, but in the meantime, again, we, we've also got to celebrate the, the quality and the levels that the players are playing at at the moment. And the Carabao Cup, what a great run you've had in, in the League Cup this year. Everyone's talking about this game against Manchester United. Uh, next Wednesday, it's going to be live on Sky. There's going to be, I think, a special studio built. Uh, all the attention will be on Bristol City that evening. So do you think you can cause, well, what most is saying an upset, but people that watch Bristol City a lot will know that this is going to be potentially a tight game. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be a, it's a brill- first and foremost a brilliant game. Like uh... When you saw that draw, what was your reaction? Well, I, I did actually in the press beforehand ask for the Man United at home mm-hmm. because I just thought the City deserved it, if mm. you like. You know, the, we haven't had a real sort of glam cup tie um, for many years. So Man United, probably the biggest name, if you like, in, in football, certainly in English football and, and steeped in history. It's great to have them here. So buzzing with that. I'm buzzing that uh, I'm going to be standing next to on a personal level, like probably the most decorated manager in the world and an interesting character as well so hopefully I'll be able to try and uh, grab a drink with him after maybe and, yeah, I'll get him in a headlock I'll try and get him before I just uh, <laughs> the good times are getting might be before I might get longer with him before while he's sort of walking around yeah might catch him then um, but we'll see um, I, sometimes the, the foreign managers are not as keen to uh, to sort of chat as the uh, English ones but We'll see. Hopefully, uh, he'll entertain a few of my questions. Yeah, and what sort of thing will you be asking him? Do you, do you think? Um, probably a number of things. You know, it's just like, I won't put him under pressure now, just in case it, it comes out. Because, <laughs> uh, but the, like, just a, it's a little way of dealing with things that, that's interesting at that elite level. You know, mm. how do you um, manage the sort of talents? You know, he's he's world class at. at um, it's that management of top top players and mm. top top egos. You know, he's he's consistently got the best out of top egos, and that is something that interests me because obviously we want to go to the Premier League and mm. um, with Bristol City. These players now sometimes they can go from not having any money at all to being millionaires in one day. 
Mm. We're signing on fees and contracts, particularly in the Premier League. Mm. And it's just interesting how money can reveal the true personality of someone and how you keep them focused on the football. Um, and there's no better man to answer that than Jose uh, himself. I wish you very best of luck in that game. We're all <laughs> looking forward to it. We all can't wait. Um, I want to talk about your dad for a minute, if that's OK, because obviously you played here under him. Mm. And as a player... There were comments saying, oh, look, he, he might be in the team because of his dad, or the nepotism claims, things like that, which were probably pretty unfair. Now you're managing as a man in, in your own right. Does, is that nice? And did you get tired of those sort of nepotism claims at the time? Um, I think it was a na- I would never blame anybody for saying that, uh, for questioning that, because um, it's true. Like people will look at anybody that works for any, um, if it's a business owner and their son works for them, it's the same. You always feel like you have to prove more, of course. The good thing was it was really successful, both at Yeovil and at Bristol City. And it probably started to to turn a little bit and, and we both knew it was the right time to move on. And when the expectation became quite high and we probably didn't have the quality in the team that the expectation um, and the pressure that put on. So, as a general rule, it w- we wouldn't have got away with it had, had it not been as successful as it was. I can honestly say I never had one issue in the dressing room, ever. Um, and I think that was credit to Dad, but also me. Probably to Dad more, because... He never allowed um, anything not to be said that somebody else wasn't thinking. Does that, does that come across right? So if a player was thinking, uh, I had just been outplayed by my midfielder, for example, at half-time, he would say it. Yeah. And uh, and that sort of cleared the air almost on everything. So in a sense, he had to be harder on me, if you like. How did you find that, though? Like, if it's your dad, did you feel like he was having a bit of a go at you more because you um, were his son? Well, I think it has its sort of pros and its cons. Mm. It's pros where... I knew it wasn't a personality clash. Mm. So everything that he said was genuine because obviously, naturally, he wanted his son to do well. And if he said it, he meant it. So it depends. Again, it's the, it's the way it's said and the way you take it. So um, there was definitely times where I wanted to leave Bristol City, not because I wanted to leave Bristol City, because I wanted to get away from that. And mm. I had n- numerous offers um, to go places. I remember I was... 30 minutes away from going to Nottingham Forest at one stage under Colin Caldwood and it was something I was keen to do I obviously went on loan to Derby during a time really when uh, I probably shouldn't have done as far as what was right for the team but I think in general some people would have seen what I'd done for the team and, and some people wouldn't I was always very very brave on the ball I wasn't the best sort of tackler if you like and my, my nature was to knit the team together, was to get the forward players the ball early. And sometimes that goes unseen until you're out of the team, funnily enough, which actually probably came to fruition about 10 games before the playoff final when I was out for a bit and, and the team didn't quite have the same mm. um, methodology in the way they played. So um, look, I honestly feel I can look myself in the mirror and say, that did I play because of my dad? Maybe I got the opportunity because of my dad, but I don't think you have 500 games as a player mm. uh, and, and get away with it um, just because your dad's a manager. 
Lee, thank you so much for your time. I want to finish off with quick fire questions, uh, a bit of fun to finish off, if that's okay, because okay. I know you've got to go and take a training session now. <laughs> First of all, when you played, who was the best player that you played alongside? Ooh, um, Darren Way, definitely, for what we had, like the spirit, mm. the heartbeat of the team, the... Um, the balance he was so tough and he could leap like a gazelle and never stop running I was the footballer that sort of fed off the back of him um, but as far as talent you probably look someone like Dave Noble that I played with here and you think like wow if if, I, if you like gave him a lifestyle transplant uh, he would have played <laughs> Premier League minimum for a number of years um, who was the best manager you worked under? You have to see your dad. Do you know what? It's interesting because I've definitely I've been most successful under my dad. So uh, dad's got some like really top, top draw attributes as a manager. There's no doubt in that. And I think his record would suggest that as well with how many um, promotions he's had as an assistant and as a manager. But I've also worked under some really good managers for different reasons. Graham Taylor was excellent. Um, I, I thought Koppel was really good when mm. he came in, even though he was only with him for a short time. Um, so I've worked under some, some really good coaches throughout my career, good managers, but uh, I need to stay in the inheritance. So uh, on this question, <laughs> I'll say uh, my dad. Uh, which manager do you admire the most? Um, cool, that's a good one. Uh, are we talking young managers or are we talking... Any manager. Any manager. Yeah, that makes it even harder, doesn't it? I have to, you have to look at Guardiola. You know, I was watching that game yesterday and uh, the, amount of, the amount of energy he puts into the tactical side of the game, yeah. he's, just, he's just relentless in like, outworking um, his opponent. And it was interesting watching the body language of both teams and both players and the way he interacts with his players, the successes he's, that he's got. And also just that, like, that non-stop... Like, relentless in the pursuit of excellence really we talked about your gadgets which is your favourite gadget or piece of technical equipment that you, that you have here that makes you go oh that's special football wise yeah yeah um, well I love the drone because we, we built an app so uh, the app all the players have got an app um, and on their iPad or their iPhone and basically we can do anything with that so they can watch training back we can send them individual messages we can send them clips so I think that that technology for a coach is, is just phenomenal really and uh, it's something that we work very hard on maintaining and we've managed to get the buy-in that's not always easy for mm. players to look at their own clips and um, to manage it and marshal it and, and get the buy-in from them because I think nowadays it's all about the sell Back in the day, you used to be able to say, right, do this, or a manager would say, do that, and you've done it without hesitation. Now you have to get the players to believe it before they do it. Uh, who has the best sense of humour in the Bristol City squad and dressing room? Um, there's some good ones, yeah. It's, uh, Flinty's obviously very slapstick-type comedy. Marlon Pack's sort of like a... You always feel like he's, he's got a, a clever comment sort of waiting for you, so he's got... Some um, some good banter, but to be honest, they're they're all a good group. Um, like Brownhill and O'Dowd are like two hyenas. I don't, <laughs> even, don't even get their humour. They're just forever larking about and dancing and jumping on each other. Every time I catch them, he's doing something silly. Um, but no, there's some uh, there's some funny guys in in their own way. What's on your Spotify playlist at the moment? I know I've walked past before and I've heard your music going in here. Yeah. Um, oh God, that's a good one. Do you know what? Today I put on um, nostalgic songs. 
I don't know why, just had that little feel for it. I started going like Benny King, standby. I started going like really way, way back. Um, I don't know why, just felt like that. But um, yeah, I try and mix it up a little bit, really, depending on the mood. It's Napster that I use because you've got all the. Yeah. I like, you know I mean, split per- I'm a Gemini, so split personality will depend on what sort of mood I'm in. If you weren't in football, what would you be doing? Um, and if you hadn't been a footballer, if your whole life hadn't gone in the direction of football? I'd probably be a businessman, I think. I'd mm-hmm. probably be trying You're to... You're quite into property and things as well, aren't you? Yeah, so. probably trying to find ways of uh, earning money, not for the fact of earning money, it's for the fact of winning and feeling like you're winning. Um, so, yeah, just inventions, maybe, something like that. I've had Big a couple gadgets, of patents, yeah. believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah, that I've tried. Get you um, on Dragon's Den. Yes, that's it. I want to be a dragon. Yeah. Well, a couple more, then I'm going to go let you do your training. Your Christmas Day, what does it look like? Because you've got a family, but you have to come to training, so how does that all work? Yeah, actually, I gave, I've given the lads Christmas Day off this year. Have you? And, that, yeah, it's, it's been a... It's one of those that you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Because what what's the bigger benefit? Is it to keep the players happy and, and buzzing, ready for the game, or is it to to go with the process with the fear of that if you lose everybody's going to blame the fact that you didn't come in on Christmas Day so I've made a tough decision to say to everybody look this is how we're going to structure the week up to the Boxing Day game and they've got a heart rate monitor so they have to go for a a run and keep themselves moving but all the tactical stuff will be done in the morning so uh, this year my Christmas Day is going to be quite chilled and uh, hopefully all the prep work would have been done and uh, get at least a little bit of time to spend uh, with my little girl and uh, making sure she has a good Christmas. And finally, uh, up on here, we've got simplicity, clarity, repetition, execution, which you talked about earlier. But if you had like a motto uh, for life, what would, what would that be overall? Well, you'll see some people may see around the ground this that relentless in pursuit of excellence. And that I would, that's where it's come from. That's our theme for the year. And that's how I would describe myself. I've just talked about Pep Guardiola and I don't mean as if I'm on that level but I think the the thought the process is the same so I'm trying to do everything I can to be the best I can be and Bristol City can be and I think if the players do that as well I think the biggest investment you can make for any organisation is to invest in yourself because I think uh, you'll only bear the fruits of that whether it be leadership um, or, or tactical stuff or buying a new bit of technology all these 1% that we're talking about if you're rent relentless in the pursuit of excellence, like you've got a chance and you can't get perfection. So that's the way of uh, keeping, keeping on the straight and narrow. That's a pretty good way to finish, Lee. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So Gregor joins me now, who is Bristol Post's Bristol City reporter. Gregor, that was a really fascinating chat with Lee Johnson, wasn't it? And he's such a good talker and he's so honest as well. Absolutely. Great value as ever. And um if you think that he's, and he is without doubt, one of the, the best young English coaches in, in all the divisions, then it's, it's quite inspirational to be able to get this close and mm. have this access and see in his office and think just little things like this and see how he works. It's brilliant. You think he's destined for big things as well, don't you? I, I do. Um, I, I've had a few people say to me, oh, this is um, just uh, because they're on a good run at the moment and everything. But I, I think to be fair to Lee, he's had good spells before and you only... Okay, you're looking at a 
terrible spell last year, but that's just one spell. But look at how and, much he learned from it as well. Yeah, and, and the other thing I've pointed out is if you consider Eddie Howe and Sean Dyke as um, the, ma- the main English hopes um, in coaching, then both of those guys have had bad spells at some point. Obviously, Eddie up at um, Burnley and, mm. and Dyche with um, relegation. So it, it's very rarely in, in a coaching career that everything is plain sailing. So, yeah, what, what did you think of the interview then? And, um, and is there anything that stands out um, for you, uh, having seen um, inside what I, I, I find brilliant, having a look in his in his uh, office? What, what's on yeah, there? I've been in his office before, actually, with, with Sky. And I don't know, the thing that comes across is actually he's quite an inspirational person, especially the stuff he said at the end, you know, when we had our quick-fire questions. And he's, he's got a really good sense of humour, which is obviously easy when your team's winning. But also, I know how he came across when they were losing. And um, he's always been very honest. And he's a very upfront person, which I like. Uh, but what really grabbed me today was, was the bits at the end and that relentless pursuit of excellence. And like he said about promotion, you can tell he thinks they can do this. You know, he didn't expand whether it would be automatic or, or playoff, but he's right if they keep playing like they are. Also, the other thing that stuck out for me was the just the one transfer perhaps needed if they had a fully fit squad. That shows how much he rates his players, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And... Um... Great to hear, as you say, quite inspirational at times, and um, you can probably understand then what, um, why the players are getting better under his tutelage, and um, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that to continue. What a game on Friday night. You were down there. I was watching on the telly in the warm for once, which was quite nice. Um, just how good were, were Bristol City to show that resilience? Yeah, I mean, um, probably everybody saw it because it was on Sky and um, it was blooming cold up there, <laughs> that's what I'll say. Yeah. But um, yeah, once again, it's like three or four times we've seen this season where maybe um, Bristol City haven't played the best, but they've got the results at the end of the game. And um, yeah, it reminded me of the Brentford game when they snatched a draw at the last, also the Reading away game at times. Um, and um, when they also grabbed victory up at Hull recently, they were mm-hmm. outplayed. Well, maybe not outplayed, but they were certainly not looking like they were going to win. And certainly from 2-0 down, you didn't think they were going to win. So, yeah, they just have this tremendous knack. And I think that's um, indicative of the quality they've got throughout the squad. And a couple of big games coming up. Forest on Saturday, Lee Johnson said he was up watching them at the weekend. And then he went to the Manchester derby to watch Manchester United play. And, you know, as you heard me say to him, I think it'll be quite a tight game fascinating to him talk about Josie Mourinho so much respect there Um, we don't have another podcast now until after that game so come on Gregor neck on the line what's going to happen well, hopefully there's not going to be any milk or water thrown about in the uh, tunnel afterwards, but we, we don't know with that. But, um, yeah, I, <laughs> who knows? I mean, it's the cliche, isn't it? Anything can happen. And um, I, I think it's going to be close, whatever. I, I, OK, Man United might win, but I think City would push them all the way. But then you just never know. And maybe if, if United do make a couple of changes, then maybe um, City will uh, do them through a Aidan Flint header or something like that, you know? So... Yeah, well, we had a a few Twitter questions, which really, unfortunately, we we couldn't fit in Willie Johnson today as our time was limited. But, Gregor, um, I saw a couple online and I just want to reference some of those now that have come into me over the week. If you want to tweet me, my tweet, uh, my Twitter handle is MichelleOwen7. And uh, this was one that that stood out to me. Paul Ashill said, will Flinty play up front against Forest? He scored a lot of goals, didn't he? 
It's worth thinking about. I'm sure if it happens, <laughs> it would only be for like the last 10 minutes of games and uh, when they, when City desperately need to get back in the game. But um, no, hopefully Milan Juric will have one sort of last performance in him, obviously, before he goes, before he has surgery. surgery. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be nasty. How long is he meant to be out for? Uh, Lee said three to five weeks, I think, in the press conference after after the uh, win at um, Sheffield United. So we'll see. Sam Brown said, ask Lee, will he be doing a gift too? And that's another one we didn't have, have time to squeeze in. But what do you reckon? If if Bristol City maybe win the Man United game, Lee Johnson's got to do a gift at the end of that one, hasn't he? I think we'll see something. I, the one I want to see as well is Frank Fielding because um, I think he's he's been such a key part and maybe underrated member of the team. And that save against Sheffield United was just oh, so good the other night good. from Billy Sharp's header. And... Next time we come back to you in, in a couple of weeks, we'll be after these games. It will be Boxing Day. Gregor and I are going to meet up at the stadium and record our next podcast on Boxing Day as we'll both be at the Bristol City Reading game. Uh, Gregor, let's just fast forward to that time then. And if I said to you what's going to be an ideal Christmas for Bristol City, um, what would you foresee? And actually, do you think they could sneak up into the automatic places? I think Bristol City, yeah, I think they're going to get better and better. I, I've not, I didn't expect them to do as well uh, as they're doing at the moment but I always thought they would improve because they've got a lot of young players there a team who's sort of really coming together in many respects and I just expect them to improve um, so yeah the younger players come through maybe a little bit of fine tuning of the squad yes I think they're going to improve and get better and yes I think they'll, they're going to chase Cardiff whether they can catch them I'm not too sure but it's going to be thrilling to watch well, thank you very much, Gregor. Of course, thank you to Lee Johnson for taking the time out to join us today on the Robins on the Wire podcast. And thanks to iTech for sponsoring it. Based in Bristol, they help organisations large and small to meet their technology needs. And with more than 200 expert staff, the company has built a reputation for outstanding customer service. Get in touch with iTech to discuss your requirements. And thanks again to them for sponsoring today's very special Christmas edition of Robins on the Wire. We'll be back the week of Christmas. So join us then for the next episode. Robins on the Wire.